Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Well, praise God, and good afternoon. The scripture says, and one, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Well, welcome today to a word from God's radio broadcast on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio hostess, evangelist Rebecca Collier-Hagler. And I want you to know that God has a designed word today just for you. Psalms 119 and 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You see, with God's word in our hearts, our lives are forever changed. And then Psalms 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And a light unto my path, meaning the word of God will illuminate our steps as we walk to purpose and our destiny in Christ. Hallelujah. Joy today right here on blogtalkradio.com and to share a word from God with you. I want to say thank you to all who have been 
following the broadcast, and I want to thank you all of your inclusive words. And, and I want you to know that I truly appreciate each and every one of you today in our series has been a blessing to you. If you learn something, I pray in times have even been answered during this broadcast. Um, before we get into uh, the word, I, I want to play a, a song before we get into the word. I like to um, I like to do a little music from time to time just to kind of cut between um, what I'm saying uh, in the beginning and then uh, going into into the message. So I just have a little song that I want to play for you today. It simply says, Jesus is coming. So I pray that you enjoy. And then once, we, once this song is finished, we will go into today's lesson.
coming. Praise God, praise God. I love that. Jesus is coming. And that's exactly what we're talking about in this series, in this eschatology series. We're talking about the return of the Lord uh, as he comes in the rapture of the church, which we learned about on last week. And uh, it also talks about his returning and uh, returning to the earth as Lord and King and Savior and Ruler. And so on today, our study in this eschatology series is going to be uh, rapture versus the um, second coming. And we're going to learn the differences between different events. They are two different events. Uh, and so we're going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to go ahead and get started uh, with, the, with today's lesson. Father God, we just thank you and we praise you, Father, for being so good to us. Lord God, we know not the day nor the hour when you will return. We don't know the month or the year when you will come for your church, for your bride. But, Father God, we pray that we will be ready when you do return. Father God, we give you all the glory and all the honor, Lord, as we, your bride, as we prepare ourselves for your coming. Lord God, it doesn't mean that we stop doing anything and we're just patiently waiting, but we're working, Father God, while we're waiting on you. We're preparing ourselves to be a bride without a spot or wrinkle, Father God. We want to walk in obedience and submission towards you, Father God. So we just thank you, Father, for knowing that you said you go to prepare a place for us, and that if you go to prepare a place for us, that you would come again to receive us unto you, and that we would be with you forever. And so, Lord, I thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that you are soon, that you have an imminent return, a soon coming return. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, today's study in our eschatology uh, series is the difference between the rapture of the church and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, In the second coming, he is coming to set up his kingdom for the thousand-year millennial reign. And so we will be getting into, we will be getting into the millennial reign um, here in the next week or two, and we will be talking about that. Now, the rapture and the second coming of Christ are often confused with each other. Now, sometimes it's kind of difficult to determine whether a scripture verse is referring to the rapture or to the second coming. Uh, And uh, when we're studying the end-time Bible prophecy, sometimes uh, if you're not really well-versed in scriptures of end-time prophecy, you can get a little confused. Is this the rapture or is this the second coming? Very important to know the difference 
I'm sorry, I'm having a little trouble with my phone here. But it is very important to know the difference uh, between the two events. So we want to uh, go into the Word of God today and just kind of share these two different events with you, the rapture and uh, the second coming. Now, the rapture is when Jesus Christ appears to remove the church, meaning all believers in Christ, from the earth. Now, the rapture is described, as we saw last week, in 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Thessalonians 4 verses 13 through 18. And I want to uh, read that again to you. That is Thessalonians 4 verses 13 through 18, and this is what it says. This describes the rapture. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others would have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. That means those who have already died, in Christ, those who have already gone to heaven in their spirit form, God will bring back with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord should not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and that shout is to awake the dead in Christ. With the voice of the archangel, the voice of the archangel is the protector of Israel, letting them know to get ready because now God's total focus is going to be on the nation of Israel. And with the trump of God, and that trump of God is is calling those of us who are alive and remain to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And it says, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And so those who, whose bodies are yet in the ground, the bodies of the believers that are in the ground will rise up from the grave and connect with the spirit man that Jesus brought back with him. And that, that person, that body, will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, and that body will become a glorified body. And for those of you that know the story of Jesus when he arose, and how Jesus just kind of appeared in the room when they were telling the other disciples that Jesus had risen. And they were like, no, I, I don't think that can happen. And Jesus apparently just walked through walls, and, and there he was. And so we will have that same type of glorified body that Jesus Christ himself had. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. It says nothing about Jesus coming to the earth at this time. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then it says, wherefore comfort one another uh, with these words. So on a lot of occasions, that one particular scripture seems to always be read uh, at funerals, but it is more than a funeral uh, message. It is a very powerful message 
about the return of the Lord. And so, um, so Jesus is coming back uh, in the rapture of the church to remove all of the believers, all of those who have believed Christ, uh, who, 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 who were walking in God's way, who were, who were saved, who have given their lives to Christ completely. Uh, he's coming to remove them from the earth. And then I read to you uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through 18. And then you can also go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, verses 51 through 54. And it pretty much says the same thing as 1 Thessalonians, but it talks about our bodies that would take off mortality and put on immortality, meaning that we will live forever, that our bodies are no longer corrupt and diseased, that we take off uh, corruption and put on incorruption. So we, our bodies will never be corrupt. We will never be bothered with disease or, or any such things ever again. So um, believers who have died, their bodies, as I was just saying, believers who have died, their bodies will be resurrected along with those of us believers if if God doesn't come back before uh, it's time for us to leave the earth through death, um, some some believers will actually still be alive when the return of Jesus is. We will all meet the Lord in the air. And uh, this occurs, as the scripture says in in um in First Corinthians 15, it says, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Now, the second coming is when Jesus returns to defeat the Antichrist. He destroys evil, and he establishes his millennial kingdom. The second coming is described in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 through 16. Now, I have quite a few scriptures, so I'm going to ask you if you have a pencil and, and some paper that you write these scriptures down because there's quite a few scriptures. But we're going to go to um, Revelation. We're going to go to Revelation chapter 19, and we're going to start at verse 11. Now, these are, uh, this here talks about the second coming of Jesus. This one has nothing to do with the rapture itself. This one is the second coming of Christ. And, again, this is Revelation chapter 19, starting at verse 11 through, I believe it is, 21. Then I saw heaven open and a white horse standing there, and the one Sitting on the horse was named Faithful and True, the one who justly punishes and makes war. His eyes were like flames, and on his head were many crowns, meaning he's the king of kings and the lord of lords. A name was written on his forehead, and only he knew the meaning. He was clothed with garments dipped in blood, and this was the word of God. And, and and verse 14 says, The armies of heaven dressed in fine linen, 
Now, this army of heaven are angels, but not only is it angels, but it's also the church dressed in fine linen, white and clean, follows him on forces. We, too, are coming back with Christ because there are things that we're going to be going through in the seven-year period in heaven uh, that's going to be different than what they're going to go through in the seven-year period down here. But this 14th verse is talking about the church returning with Jesus when he comes to set up his kingdom. It says, in his mouth held a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He ruled them with an iron grip and his rod, the empress of the, of the fierceness of the wrath of the almighty God. When Jesus comes back, he ain't coming back playing. He's not coming back so merciful like he was uh, at first. He's not coming back with talk of salvation. All of that is over now, and he's going to be setting up his kingdom for uh, the righteous. On his robe and thighs was written this title, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And then I saw the evil creature, and that is the beast or the Antichrist, gathering the government of the earth, gathering what he's doing is he's gathering the army of the earth and their armies and fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. So what the Antichrist is going to do now, he's face-to-face with the one that he's been lying about saying he was the one. Now he's sitting face to face. And so he has no army but the army of the men that are on this earth, the people that he deceived, the people that he deluded their minds, the people that he turned their hearts away from God. And he orders the army of men to fight against the armies of God. And the evil creature was then captured, and with him the false prophet, the one that, that, that brought forth false religion, who could do mighty miracles. When the evil creature was present, miracles that deceived all who had accepted the evil creature's mark, talking about the mark of the 666, and who worshipped his statue, both of them, the evil creature and his false prophet, were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur, and their entire army was killed with sharp swords in the mouth of the one riding the white horse, and all the birds of heaven were gouged with their flesh. So this is Jesus' return right here. That is what we call the, the second coming. At first, Jesus just comes in the air. He just comes to, to, to take his people home. He comes to get his bride, to take her home, to reward us, to do, you know, the marriage feast, the rewards, the, the marriage itself. Uh, that's what we're going to be doing in heaven during these seven years, that they're going to be going through great tribulation down here. But, when Jesus does come back, he's coming back fierce. He's coming back with a soul. A soul will come from his mouth, a word. He'll speak a word 
and just destroy everything. He will speak a word and the the false uh, prophet and the antichrist will both. He's not going to even kill him. He's just going to throw him into the lake alive that burneth with fire. And then we will find out uh, uh, after that what will happen to Satan because Satan himself is going to have to stand before Jesus Christ. So the important difference between the rapture and the second coming are as follows. At the rapture, believers meet the Lord in the air, and we just read that in First Thessalonians 4.17. So please write down all these scriptures. Uh, at the second coming, believers return with the Lord to the earth, which we just read. The rapture occurs before the tribulation. Let's turn to First Thessalonians 5 and 9. First Thessalonians 5 and 9. And I'm going to be reading out of the NIV version. This is 1 Thessalonians 5 and 9. It says, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we haven't been appointed. If you're born again, you have not been appointed to uh, uh, be here for the tribulation period. And then the second coming occurs after the great and terrible tribulation, and we just we read about that uh, in uh, Revelation. Uh, well, actually, you can read all of the book of Revelation here. It's Revelation chapter 6 all the way through 19. And this whole, these, all of these chapters, 6 through 19, it talks about everything that is going to take place in the tribulation period. And we will be going through all of those uh, chapters. The rapture is the removal of the believers from the earth as an act of deliverance. And that is found, again, in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13, 17, and 1 Thessalonians 5 and 9, which we just read. The rapture is the removal of all believers from the earth as an act of deliverance. The second coming includes the removal of unbelievers as an act of judgment. Now, the unbelievers uh, during when Christ comes back, you see that's in uh, Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Here we go. That's in Matthew chapter 25, and it's um, verses, uh, you can actually go from verse 31 to 46. I'm only going to read 31 through 33, and then verse 41. And this is what it says. But when I, the Messiah, shall come in my glory, and all the angels with me, then I shall sit upon my throne of glory, and all the nations shall be gathered before me, and I will separate the people as a shepherd. I will separate the sheep from the goats, and I will place the sheep 
at my right hand and the goat at my left. And then I will turn to those on my left and say, Away with you, ye cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And they shall go away into the eternal punishment, but the righteous into everlasting life. Now, what this is, is when Jesus says this, all those people, who never, ever, ever gave their lives to him, who, who, who scoffed at him, who scoffed at his teaching, who said they don't believe, who said, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in none of that stuff. Oh, the Bible is a fairy tale. The Bible is a, is a, is, is a myth. Uh, the teaching is a myth. All of these people will be separated from the righteous who, go, who make it through the tribulation and the great tribulation period. Those who are saved and make it through the great tribulation period, they will reign on the earth. Well, they won't reign, but they will live on the earth during the millennial reign with Christ. We, the church, will reign with Christ. But those who do not, who have never accepted Christ, who, who, as I said earlier, stopped and did not believe. And you may say, well, that sounds so cool. Why would God not give them a chance? Well, God gave them so many chances to repent, to accept. We make the choice ourselves whether we want to live for God or not. Many have made the choice too. Many have made the choice not to. The Bible talks about he said there is a, a wide and, and broad road, and he said there are many on that road, and they're walking into uh, 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 they're walking into hell. But then there are those who are walking the straight and narrow road, and they are walking into eternity. Now, those who go to hell, there there is that is eternity. They will be in that situation throughout eternity. There's never any stopping. There's never any going back. There's never any reprieve. You, you, you can't get a lawyer and say, you know, I want to uh, go before the judge and, and see if I can get this change. Uh, there will not be any of that happening. So it, it behooves us to do everything right now while we still have a chance while the blood is still running warm in our veins. So Jesus is going to separate, uh, the analogy he uses is uh, separate the sheep from the goats. And those that went through the tribulation period and, and they, they, they served God, they, they gave their lives to God, and no matter all what they had to go through, uh, they uh, they stay with God, but the others cursed God, and and they did not want to have anything to do with God, and they followed the beast, and they followed the false prophet, and they followed Satan, and their destination was hell. So at that time, uh, he uh, Jesus at that time decides that he's separating the sheep and the goats, or the saved and the unsaved, from each other. Now, the rapture will be secret and instant. And we see that again in 1 Corinthians uh, 
uh, chapter 15, verses 51 to 64. And the second coming will be a visible, uh, it, it, it will be visible. The whole world will see Jesus coming during, uh, during the second coming. Everybody will be able to see Jesus at that time. And we want to go to, um, let's see, what is it, scripture? We want to go to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7. And if, you, if you're if you following along with, you can write that scripture down, but it's Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7. Let's see here. I'm going to mix that my notes here. Sorry, my, my, my notes got a little messed up. Let's see. I can find that here. Okay, here we go. I'm so sorry. Revelations chapter 1 and verse 7, and it says this. See, he is arriving, surrounded by clouds, and every eye shall see him, yes, and those who pierce him. And he and the nations will weep in sorrow and in terror when he comes. Yes, amen. Let it be so. And it's speaking about those who pierced him, uh, the Roman soldiers, the Jews, uh, the Gentiles that were there at the time before when when Jesus uh, died on the cross for our sins. They will all uh, look up and then they will realize who Jesus really, really is, that Jesus was truly or is truly the son of the living God, and he was truly the Messiah. So um, the rapture, as I said, will be secret and instant, and the second coming will be visible to all. And that, again, was Revelation chapter 1 and 7 and Matthew chapter 24, verses 29 and 30. Now, the rapture is imminent, meaning it could take place at any moment. And you can find that one in Revelation chapter 22, uh, starting at verse 12. And it says, see, I am coming soon, and my reward is with me to repay everyone according to the deed that he has done. Jesus says in his word, and even in uh, the last book of the Bible, in um, uh, Revelation chapter 22, Jesus says, Behold, I come quickly. Now, our time is not God's time. Quickly to Jesus means just that I'm out, 
I'm going to be there. You know, I'm coming as soon as I can. You you don't know. Uh, I, I'll be there. Could be, you know, I'll be there in a few minutes. That's Jesus. To us, a few minutes to be, uh, what, years. Lots and lots of years. I believe it says that uh, one day to God is like a thousand years to us. So God's timing, um, the way that God sees time, is not the way we see time. So when God says, I'm going to be right there, that's exactly what he means. He's going to be right there. But it's just that our timing is different from God's timing. That's why we have to wait. That's why we have to be patient because God is telling us, well, I'm, I'm coming. You know, I'll be there. Just keep looking. I'm, I'm on my way. But, see, we don't know, and I'm saying this again, and I'm going to say it on every broadcast. You will never hear me say that Jesus is coming tomorrow the next day. You won't hear me give you a date or a time, a week or a year, a month. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to tell you that because I don't know that. I'll never tell you to sell nothing. I'll never tell you to uh, quit your job because Jesus, I will not tell you to do that. Because that is not scriptural. Scriptural is telling us to be prepared because we don't know at any day or hour when the Son of Man or when Jesus Christ may uh, return again uh, for his church. The, the, um, it is important to keep the rapture and the second coming distinct. You have to know the difference. You have to. So some people are going to tell you, you're going to go to some churches where maybe the uh, pastor or the teacher at that moment does not believe in the rapture. Or they actually think the rapture is the second coming. But some people will say Jesus is coming back. And they don't know that these are two distinct events. But Jesus is coming back twice. But he's coming back the first time quietly. He's not uh, going to interfere with anything on the earth. But he's just coming to get his people. But the second coming, and that's exactly when the first coming, Jesus came to the earth. And he did great and mighty work. The second coming, Jesus is coming and he's going to reign in you. If the rapture and the second coming are the same event, then believers will have to go through the tribulation period. Now, we read in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 9, where it says that we haven't been appointed to wrath. God does not want us to go through the great tribulation or the tribulation. I heard a pastor say one time, the church is powerful. And Jesus hears his church. And Jesus, I'm sorry, the church, if the church is here and the Antichrist is here, the Antichrist could do nothing. Because the church is a powerful entity. We're powerful. We are powerful. We have the Holy Spirit 
living on the inside of us. All we got to do is bind up his powers. And what God said is going to happen could not happen if the Again, I mean, we would. Cannot be here. The church can't be here. Because if we were, then the things that God has already said would come to pass could not come to pass. So the church, no, we we will not. We we don't have to go through the trip uh, the great tribulation period. And then it says in Revelation chapter three, verses ten. It talks about because we were patient and we endured and we did what we were supposed to do, that God would keep us from that hour when he's going to try the earth. He would keep us from that hour of temptation, that we don't have to go through that particular time. If the rapture and the second coming are the same event, the return of Christ is not an imminent return. Because there are many things that have to take place from uh, uh, when when Jesus returns to this, from when Jesus comes in the rapture to uh, uh, when Jesus comes back as uh, as the as the ruler of this earth. So we the church can't be here. We can't because the signs and things there. The signs have got to take place. But as long as the church is here, these things cannot be. In describing the tribulation period, uh, Revelation chapter 6 through 19, nowhere mentions the church. You actually, I think it's either after the third or fourth chapter in the book of Revelation, and you don't hear of the church anymore. All you hear about is Israel. You hear about Israel, you hear about Antichrist, you hear about the uh the revived Roman government, you hear about all of that. You hear about the mark of the beast, you hear about uh uh um other things that are going to take place, the four hundred and forty four thousand, the two witnesses. I mean you're hearing about all of that, but you do not hear about the church. Um, during the tribulation, during the tribulation, and this is also called the time of trouble for Jacob, um, God will again begin to primarily put all of his attention on Israel. Now, in uh, Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7, and this talks about the trouble of Jacob, uh, or what we we now know as to be the, uh, the, the the tribulation period and the great tribulation period. It this time is called the time of terror, or the time of horror for the Jewish nation. Um, 
in this in this scripture in uh, Jeremiah thirty and seven, it says this time is coming, but it's coming for Israel, and it says and God will rescue. Now, the important part about this whole lesson of the end time is God is going to bring His attention and His focus back on His chosen people. He had sent his son, but they chose not to receive Jesus. Some did, but the most of the nation of Israel did not choose to accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And so they they turned their back on on uh, uh on Jesus, on, on what he believed and on the things that he taught. They thought that he was a, a great man or maybe they thought he was a prophet. But when he started calling himself the son of God, now that upset many of the, the Jewish leaders. And that was one reason why they wanted him gone, uh, as well as um, um, that was prophesied that that would happen. But also um, the miracles, and he didn't obey any of the things that they had been taught because he came with a more better covenant. He came with a more better way and how to walk before the Lord, and they weren't ready to accept that. So God and and the uh, nation of Israel kind of had a falling out, and God didn't speak to them for years and years. But now God is bringing his focus back to Israel. And if you look at Romans chapter 11, Romans chapter 11, starting at verse 17 through 31, and I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to kind of say a little bit something about this. Um, even though God has poured out his love and salvation upon the Gentiles, the Gentiles are us. We are the ones that accepted what Jesus pointed us to say. We believed, we trusted in it. Uh, we didn't have, uh, there were so many different gods that the Gentiles had, but Jesus, seeing what Jesus could do and hearing uh, hearing his messages, people wanted to know more about this Jesus, and they began to turn their attention and their focus and their lives toward him and to the point where they wanted to serve him where they wanted to follow after his teachings and his doctrines. And so they began to give their lives over to God. And in this in this particular scripture, it tells how we, the Gentiles, have been engrafted in. Uh, the scripture says that we are not the root. The, you know, it's a tree, and we are not the root of the tree. It wasn't built around us. It was built around Israel. And but we God has engrafted us in. We're we we are we are the our branches of this tree. God has allowed us to um be able to partake of everything. Whatever God promised Abraham for the nation of Israel, we have been engrafted in and now we can partake of the same thing that the children of Israel uh, can partake of. 
but God is even telling us in that scripture, don't get so hearty, because I didn't do that for y'all. I did it for my people. But because you follow my son, because you love my son, I haven't grasped you in and connected the two of you uh, together. So God's love is still for his for for the nation of Israel. He the Jews are still his chosen people. This is why we uh, as America we've always stood with Israel. Whoever stands with Israel is a friend of God. So when we start doing anti-Semitic things and saying things uh, against the Jews and, and things that we should not be saying, um, we, we need to repent because um, uh, God's hand is yet upon them. And God, you know, God's going to take them free from stuff because of their disobedience. And, some, and they will be punished for a lot of things that, that, that they did during the Great Tribulation. But in the end, God's going to save them, and he's going to bring them. And they, too, will enter into the joy of the Lord because that's always been God's promise to them, that he would bless and save and take care of Israel. So we're going to go ahead and stop here. Uh, We still have a little bit more, so I will finish this off on tomorrow. But I pray that just a little bit, that you got today, you understand or you're now coming to understand the difference between uh, the rapture, what is the rapture, and what is the second coming. We found that the rapture is going to be this quiet, uh, um, but that um, that the second coming, uh, the whole world will see Jesus come. We found out that in the rapture, God is going to take his people out of the world for the, you know, because of the great tribulation. But in the uh, second coming, the unbelievers will be taken out of the world. We found out that Jesus in the rapture is going to meet us in the air. But we found out also that in the second, in the second coming, that Jesus is going to come to the earth. And so there, uh, we found that the Jesus uh, return for us is imminent. It's a soon coming uh, time that we need to be prepared. We need to be ready. But the wrath, uh, but the uh, um, second coming, we found out, is right after the tribulation period. So we know when the um, we know when the second coming is going to be. It's going to be seven years after um, the great tribulation. Uh, Jesus came for his church. A lot of people are saying uh, that if Jesus came for his church in mid or post trib, then at that time we would know when Jesus is coming. But the Bible says he comes like a thief in the night. He said, Behold, I come quickly. Nobody knows the day nor the hour. So this is talking of the rapture. But if Jesus, uh, but if you say that Jesus is coming um, in the middle of the tribulation period or at the end of the tribulation period, then there's no reason for Jesus to say 
Behold, I come quickly, or um, I come as a thief in the night, or, you know, not the day or the hour. Watch, you know, and see, you know, be prepared. If, if, if that's the case, if it's in the middle of the tribulation, at the end of the tribulation, then you already know when he's coming. But it's the rapture that we don't know when Jesus is coming. So we're going to take up the rest of this on tomorrow. And, again, I just pray that you um, learned a little something today, uh, uh, the difference between the rapture, the difference between the second coming. I ask you um, that if you don't know the Lord, I would love for you to give your life right. It's so simple. Uh, believe on the Lord. Believe on him. Um, we've been sharing with you this last week or so all of the wonderful things that Jesus has done. He's a healer. He, he, he loves us. He's a deliverer. He's our resource. He's our friend. He, he, he empowers us. Blood that covers. Uh, he gives us mercy every day. He answers our prayers. He all promises. Uh, oh, yeah, every promise, promise that God has made is yeah. Your own particular prayers that you're praying, you may have to wait. Or you may get a yes or you may get a no. All the promises of God, yes, again. And so Jesus, I mean, he, he loves us so. He loves us so. He is such a uh, an awesome, awesome God. I mean, I can't imagine my life without him. He is just so good to us. He's there in times of trouble, even when it seems like he's not there. He shows you in the end I was there all the time. He blesses us. He even rebukes us. He even corrects us and chastises us like a father. But he doesn't do it with sickness and disease. He doesn't do it with death or or something like that. He does it with his word. He spanks us with his word because he loves us. And so I would ask you that if You've never asked Christ into your life. But you would ask him into your life today. Ask him to come to your heart. Ask him to save you for sin. Tell him to believe in what he has done for you. Tell him you want to get to know him better. Tell him that you want to love on him. Um, uh, this is for all and all. Um, if you need help, email me.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.